Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Show is All About You, a show about all the ways in which you and me connect as we and what that means for all of us. I am your host, JDK Winnikin. You can find out more about me at my website. That is wordsbyjdk.com and also on my social media feeds. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up my last name, W-Y-N-E-K-E-N, and I should pop up pretty readily for you. would love to hear from you, chat with you, uh, and talk over uh, what we cover on this show and anything else that might be on your mind. So welcome to episode 40 for October 11th, 2021. And uh, the title of today's uh, show is The Dog Ate My Happiness Project. <laughs> now, I don't know the dog. So it's like the proverbial dog. Okay? But uh, nevertheless, uh, my happiness project this past week uh, didn't do too well. Uh, but nevertheless, it, it, it turns out it, it's okay, actually, as we'll talk about. Uh, the haiku for today, to give you an idea of what I mean by that title and where we're going, goes like this. Our barometer for happiness does not have a speedometer. Our barometer for happiness does not have a speedometer. Uh, so, yeah, it was an interesting week uh, for me. And, and, and uh, But before we uh, get into that, I'd like to once again thank uh, the sponsor of this show, Airway Science for Kids, uh, an organization, a nonprofit down in the Portland, Oregon area that uh, helps underserved youth develop life and career pathways uh, through aviation and aerospace. And they do amazing work. Uh, not just in terms of introducing kids to the hundreds of careers that may be available to them in aviation and aerospace, but um, important life pathways, too. I say that on purpose because uh, they are an organization dedicated to helping the entire child and their family and the larger community uh, in just about every way that people can can need help. And so the fact that they recognize that, that uh, kids need safety, they need food, they need security— they need uh, a sense of purpose before they can really learn about the wonders of aviation and aerospace and what that means for them. The fact that they, uh, they handle things that way is, uh, shows an incredible amount of uh, value and forward thinkingness, and I just love the organization for what they do. So thanks to them. If you'd like to know more about them, you can check them out at their website, airsci.org, A-I-R-S-C-I.org, or you can reach out to them directly at info at airwayscience.org. Okay. So with that, uh, let me tell you about my incredibly blah week, <laughs> which maybe after last week's show about the Mariners, I was coming in on a high about baseball and all that. Maybe it was to be expected that I was going to have a, a little bit of, I guess, what you could call an emotional hangover week. Uh, but it wasn't really that. It was just kind of blah. I'm sure you all know what I mean. Uh, for me, it, those kinds of weeks, they feel like, like when you go on a hike that you've either underestimated its length and its difficulty <laughs> and then you find out oh man this is tougher than I thought or maybe it's a, a hike or something that you've done a bunch of times before but this time it was just that much harder <laughs> for whatever reason uh, it was just one of those things um, other things I could compare it to the feeling of having too much of your favorite food and then having a, a sour stomach like like it can happen to me if I have too many Sour Patch Kids or popcorn when I go to the movies. Or uh, it reminds me of the time when I was a kid. My sister will laugh when she hears this. Uh, when I ate an entire huge can of olives before a dinner party uh, because I was hungry and had a snack. That did not go well. <laughs> and I did not feel good for a long period of time. I didn't eat olives for a long time either after that. But 
I've fortunately that that uh, has come back for me. So it was just one of those weeks following what was a, a really good week. Uh, the best way I can describe it, it was a week where nothing that I was doing uh, in any part of my life quite went to plan. <laughs> Most of the things that I was trying to do didn't quite work out uh, the way that I wanted them to. My best intentions did not lead to any equally fabulous outcomes. Uh, you know, so in work, for example, there were challenges. I had to make some adjustments on the fly. Some people were uh, unable to, uh, to, to work various days, and so we had to make adjustments with that. Um, I didn't hit all my completion goals for my projects for the week, despite working really hard on them. Uh, other things happening. Um, some health issues going on with some members of my family that have uh, been concerning of late. And uh, so checking in on those and responding to those effectively and, and, and all that. I have uh, a really good friend facing the imminent death of a, a, another lifelong friend uh, that has been really challenging for them. I have another who right now is a bit of an unguided missile as they navigate a divorce. Uh, and then I had plans to get together with other friends that just kept falling through uh, for various reasons because of just scheduling conflicts or just somebody didn't feel like it or, or whatever. Friday morning, I led a Zoom meeting where nothing was cooperating. <laughs> the PowerPoint, the, the tech, uh, it refused to cooperate. And it, that caused a lot of stress and capped off uh, by a mild bout of food poisoning on top of all that. So everybody check your shrimp okay, at home because that was the culprit. So, uh, yeah, so it was just one of those. And I don't know if, if hearing that list kicks up anything for any of you out there, kind of scrolling back over your week, uh, but that's kind of what it was like. Now, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad at all. I saw the new James Bond movie, which was great. Um, I did connect with a couple of friends. Uh, I had a number of, actually several really good things happen work-wise. Um, but other things too, like I, I wasn't able to work on my book publishing effort as much as I would have liked and much as I have planned. Um, so everything was a slog <laughs> So for the week. And Here's the reason I'm telling you about it, because as I was kind of going over it, I realized that that was all weirdly okay. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. It's not so much going over the details of the week, but just the fact that in the midst of this, looking back, I was pretty much okay during the week. Now, that's a, I don't know about you, but once upon a time, for me, all of that together would have thrown me for a loop. I did not meet my goals. I didn't, I didn't meet my expectations. Um, things with friends didn't go the way I wanted them to. Uh, what I mean by this is stories would have come up <laughs> about what it all meant for me to be having such a rough week. Right? And it could kick off anything. Am I in the right job if the job isn't going as well as I would like? Um, am I rooting for the right sports team <laughs> because they keep losing? <laughs> right? Or... Uh, you know, anything practically, you know, do my friends value me as much as I think they do? Uh, you know, these kinds of things. The happiness quotient <laughs> that I would have geared my whole life towards would have felt low. And, and for me, historically, when I have felt that way in the past, that has meant in my own mind, a sense of danger. Asking questions like, why is everything so difficult? Am I making the right decisions? Why is life so hard or unfair? 
scarcity would take over for me. And then usually behind scarcity, when I'm focusing on what I don't have or, or that type of thing, fear follows. Fear of not reaching my goals, fear of not reaching my potential, fear of not connecting enough with people that matter with me, fear for my family's health. You name it, I could find a way to be afraid of it. And once upon a time, that was a recipe for nothing that was going to be helpful, avoiding, numbing out, lashing out, right? Could be a, could be a number of things. Maybe you can relate to that. But this past week, upon reflection, I, I was okay. None of those stories came up at all. None of those things. And so it begged the question to me, well, why is that? And here is the best, of, the best I can do as far as explaining how that was. The first thing was my self-care was off the charts last week. I went back and looked at my my exercise apps, my sleep apps, and all that kind of stuff, because I love to do that stuff. My diet, my exercise, and my sleep were absolutely fabulous last week. Fantastic. I hit all my exercise goals. I ate really well, and I got better sleep than, I've, than I have actually in a little while. I nailed every single one of them. That was huge. And, of course, I had the thought then, who knew that all the things that I hated as a kid, <laughs> bedtimes, healthy food options, getting away from the TV and getting outside would actually help me be a healthier adult. So mom, sorry, <laughs> sorry it took me <laughs> till I was 48 years old to fully appreciate that. But nevertheless, that, that was a huge thing for me. And we're finding out, of course, more and more, particularly about sleep, the power of sleep to help regulate all those emotional states that we go through to help us navigate all of those things. And, but in order to have effective sleep, of course, you also have to have quality diet, quality exercise. All those things mutually reinforce each other. And this past week, even if everything else was kind of meh, that was spectacular. Fireworks going off, you know, music playing. Behind, da, na, 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 na. I mean, that kind of thing. That's how, that's how it felt. Uh, underneath that, though, a little bit more, not just that. So it wasn't just the, the bio side, <laughs> if you will. Uh, it was also, I guess you could also say, the spiritual and emotional side. One of the things that I've been experiencing these last few years is a, is a growing awareness that this notion of happiness, the happiness project, like we all hear that, right? What makes you happy? Do what makes you happy, that type of thing. That that happiness project, however we define it, isn't necessarily the best barometer we can have for living a quality life. Instead, I'm finding meaning is. And... Certainly, I've talked on this show before about Viktor Frankl's famous book, Man's Search for Meaning. But meaning is a much bigger word than happiness. Because meaning we can draw from anything. Happy, sad, difficult, easy. Any emotion on the spectrum, any feeling, any experience, we can draw meaning from. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing that happens has to have some huge meaning to it. Some things can just be what they are. And so there's always that constant navigation of those. Like how, how much meaning is there actually here? How much of this am I making up? But really, if we're talking about meaning as a value of life and the experiences, the wide experiences of life, meaning can better encompass the week I just had than happiness could. Now, I was not aware I was doing any of this at all. Um, but here's the thing about 
happiness, right? We, we particularly in America, uh, grew up with this as a fundamental part of our identity. Declaration of Independence says, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Other documents say opportunity, but in, in the, American, the American context, pursuit of happiness. And yet, as so often is the case, if we step back and kind of deconstruct, for lack of a better word, even though I hate that word, the word happiness, we often find it's difficult to define or it's being set by someone else's ideas or standards or thinking, and we don't often question it for ourselves. So what I mean for like, for example, the American dream, hear about it all the time. Talk about a barometer, news headlines saying this generation or the next generation of Americans will not achieve the American dream like their parents did or like their grandparents did. And that type of headline or that type of article sends fear rippling out. <laughs> that scarcity idea. Wait a minute. What am I not going to have? Okay, the American dream, then you have to define it. Okay, on the most basic level, does that mean growing wealth to do better than your parents? What does that even mean? To do better than them academically? Some people say that. To do better financially? Some people say that. To do better materially? How often do people say doing better than them emotionally? My guess is not as often. But let's say you get all those things <laughs> more than the previous generation. What does that equal? More security? More stuff? More self-regard? A better reputation? All those things, if that's the American dream, is that something that is satisfying to you? And we all know on some level that those things by themselves can fall flat. There are plenty of people who have lots of money and have done well, better than their previous generations who are miserable. We all know people like that. And then we probably know fewer people who have a lot less than that that are actually really serene, really calm, really self-connected, really okay, those types of things. I'm much more interested in being like the latter than the former in my own life. What I think it comes down to, though, in that sense, is, is things like happiness and the American dream and what those things are, the pursuit of them or the achievement of them, more often than not, or it can be easy to fall into this, is really about control. If I can do these things, then I can control a certain outcome or prevent another. If I have enough money, for example, I can prevent myself from having financial stress or worst case scenario, um, not having a home. Right? Or um, if I can, I can avoid a certain outcome and make another one happen. It's by itself, the more I think about it, the more those things tend to fall flat. Because happiness as an emotion is a fleeting thing. We know enough from everything from science to religion, <laughs> philosophy, that feelings are fleeting, that they, by their very nature, pass. When they arrive, if they're good, we usually want them to stay. When they're difficult, we usually want them to go. <laughs> now, they will all arrive at various points, and they will all go. No matter how much we worry about them, try to control them, any of those things, they come and go. 
And yet, so often, and I experience this in my own life, I spend a lot of time trying to make the good feelings stay and keeping the bad ones out or when they do arrive, getting away from them as quickly as possible. And my own experience has shown that really by just seeing these emotions when they arrive, not making up too many stories about them and acknowledging that they're there, that's the first step for them just sort of passing by, like sitting there along the water watching ships sail away, right? They just kind of move themselves on, right, over time by the very nature. And so more of what's happening, at least for me, um, is the sense of meaning as more of a journey rather than outcomes and having things look a particular way, having it be more about the process and the meaning that I can draw. So, for example, all the people that I mentioned, my family's health issues, my friends going through really tough times, one facing grief, both facing grief, two of them, in fact, facing grief, there's meaning in that, or there can be for them. And we have a lot of say in what that meaning is. Any of us could take anything we're looking at and find 10 different ways to say, this is meaningful, this is not. We can choose what something means to us a lot more than we think. And that doesn't mean we have to be slaves to whatever is happening, being blown around on the breeze. I had a friend of mine a few weeks ago send me a picture. It was a picture taken in Japan. And Mount Fuji, of course, the you know iconic mountain, is in the far distance, and in the foreground is this village. And there's a path going through the village, and there's one person walking along the path. Their back is to the camera. They're walking along, and there's all these different buildings in this village, and there's nobody else around. There's a beautiful Japanese cherry blossom um, in part of the picture. But my friend sent me this picture and said, this picture reminds me of you. And I said, well, thank you. It's a gorgeous picture what does it remind you of? And they said, well, if Fuji in the background is the goal, what about all the things in between? You have this village walking through. You could encounter a number of people, a number of places to stop, a number of unexpected things along the way. Your goal is still maybe to get all the way to Fuji, but who knows what you're going to encounter along the way. I really liked that a lot. Because if that's sort of a definition of meaning, then hmm, I get to define what a, I get to better define for myself what a successful week looks like, right? So last week, did I have an unsuccessful week because the dog ate my happiness project? Or did I have a more successful week because my self-care was amazing? <laughs> I get to choose that. <laughs> so I'm going to choose that I had a successful week because my self-care was amazing. I didn't, how would it have been if I would have hit all my marks and all those things or none of those negative things were going on if at the same time I wasn't getting any sleep, I was sitting around all the time getting no exercise, and I was eating junk food all week. My guess is even if none of those blah things that have happened, if I was doing all those things, I would not have shown up well for my good week nearly as well as I showed up for my tougher one. And most likely not taking care of myself would have directly affected how well I connected with others, how well I connected with myself and what meaning I assigned to whatever I was going through. 
Because there was a ton of meaning in last week, now that I think about it. Supporting my friends has meaning. Just holding space. Oftentimes I've found that when people are going through grief, uh, really what they need the most is an open space to bounce around in and just to share, particularly if they don't have other outlets for that. For my family, knowing that I'm there and available for basic things and even to come down and help out with some things. To adjust when coworkers have to take an unexpected sick day and have to pick up some responsibilities. Taking steps daily to take care of myself. Deciding, as I did twice, to go to the gym when I really didn't feel like it. Deciding not to create stories about how I didn't nail down my week. Right? I didn't overreact to my sports team's challenges and setbacks. And there were several this week. Or the fact that my Zoom meeting didn't go well. That meaning I get to define for me. Unlike this idea of happiness, which too often relies on specific outcomes and time frames that are made up by us or by other people. You have to reach this by a certain point in life or something's wrong. Meaning can come from anywhere, at any time, around anything, from anyone, without any outcomes or time frames attached to them. And I think what I enjoy the most about meaning when I'm connected to it is that it shows that I can be, and if I can be, then we can be, okay even when things generally aren't okay or ideal. Awareness in that sense, as Greg Kuiper will talk about. And over time, here's what I'm finding, and this is an interesting idea that I would ask everybody to be thinking about. If that's the case over time, What can that do but inevitably redefine things like happiness? (laughs) Because we can start, instead of seeing that as a state of being that we have to reach and then somehow, oh, we get to float in for the rest of our life, we can recognize happiness when it arrives and cherish it for as long as it stays. We don't have to recognize or try and make it be permanent And if we can recognize that about happiness, it seems to me we can therefore do the same with sad, with angry, with lonely, with whatever it might be, with fear. Those do not need to be permanent states either. So having a good week and keeping up with my okayness (laughs) feels like a good thing. That's the kind of pursuit that I want to be going after more and more, I'm finding. Because it seems to me that the more I talk about this and the more I hear from listeners and the more I talk with friends and family and, and everyone else, this seems to be what most of us are really wanting. Meaning. Because with meaning in the end, if we can take a look at it this way, guess what that also brings? <laughs> a sense of peace and a sense of connection with ourselves, with each other, with the reality of things, even if the reality feels scary. And I can't help but wonder if some of the biggest problems we face right now is because when we talk about these things or when we see media about it or we interact on social media, we don't talk about any of these things that I've just mentioned. Instead, it is about all those things, that scarcity, that fear, that lack, that we're not doing quote-unquote as well as we used to. And therefore, that must mean things are going right over the edge into the abyss. 
when I guess what I'm suggesting and my week seems to suggest to me is maybe it's not nearly so bad if I decide that it's not. Anyway, so while the dog ate my happiness project, <laughs> my okayness project is going gangbusters this week. And I'm happy about that. So I hope your okayness projects uh, will go well uh, for you moving forward. Thanks for uh, showing up for this episode of This Show is All About You. I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter, as well as at my website, wordsbyjdk.com. And uh, between now and next week, you know the drill, right? Chins up, everyone. <laughs>